Welcome, everybody, to the Golden Gears, presented by Dr. T and the Women. I'm one of your hosts, Eddie Averill. I'm Malcolm Baum. I'm JT White. Oh, boy, what a show we have for you this beautiful Monday morning after that absolute shit show you saw last night. We're going to do a lot of things tonight on the Golden Gears. We're going to award great performances in cinema in front of and behind the camera, as well as everything else that goes in and out of our eyes and ears as cinephiles of extended clip. Now, we're, we're, this is an ex- a celebration of extended clip cinema, not of extended clip. And who is better to judge extended clip cinema than extended clip ourselves? So the f- the films in the pool for nomination are all 200 plus films that we've uh, watched so far in the two plus years of extended clip, and I I'm just so happy to be here. Oh, I it's it's I mean it's just an honor to be. You know, at an award show. And, you know, me and JT were talking before. Finally, we get a chance to set the tone. You know, <laughs> finally, we've been we've been watching award shows all these years. And, we, you know, we've just been stewing and stewing, getting even angrier. Just because they're doing it wrong. And, you know, instead of, uh, I don't know, we wanted to be part of the solution this time. And that's, that's what the Golden Gears is all about. Yeah, I am. Um, this is uh, Reseda's biggest night of the year. I'm so happy that all the stars are here to honor uh, Richard Gere's memory like this. <laughs> yeah. I, and uh, I really hope that he is in a better place right now. Wow, it looks like Laura Dern's here after, you know, skipping the lame Oscars after parties here for the Golden Gears. Well, it's just all the and the woman from Dr. T and the woman are yeah, here she, roaming around. Yeah, it's just us <laughs> and the women. Yeah, <laughs> Laura Dern presented the Oscars and got her ass out of there and came down to the Golden Gears. Do you want to... Uh, oh, no, you're shy? Okay, you don't have to talk. It's, it's okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. So let's get down to business, right? Let's give out the first award. Let's do it. The And the Women Award for the Best Women's Ensemble. The nominees are Meryl Streep, Lily Tomlin, Lindsay Lohan, Virginia Madsen, and Maya Rudolph for A Prairie Home Companion. Tippi Hedren, Jessica Tandy, Suzanne Pleshett, Veronica Cartwright, and Ethel Griffiths in The Birds. Helen Hunt, Liv Tyler, Kate Hudson, Farrah Fawcett, Laura Dern, Shelley Long, T- and Tara Reed in Dr. T and the Women. Junko Asahini, Yumi Hayakawa, and Mari Kashidi in I Love It From Behind. Sh- and Shirley MacLaine, Deborah Winger, Lisa Hart Carroll, and Betty King in terms of endearment. All fine nominations here. But the winner, there can only be one winner. And it goes to Helen Hunt, Liv Tyler, Kate Hudson, Farrah Fawcett, Laura Dern, Shelley Long, and Tara Reed for Dr. T and the Women. You're already here. Come on down. <laughs> this is the first win out of five nominations for Dr. T and the Women. And, you know, it's we, everyone talks about Dr. T. And I love Dr. T. And Dr. T is the best. Don't get me wrong. 
But what is this movie without and the woman? Yeah, what does Dr. T love? Dr. The T- women. The women. So you, we love them too. Thank you. You have to have equal footing in a movie like this. You have your left foot, Richard Gere. You have your right foot, the women. And that is how you build great cinema. That was I Want to Get Next to You, the first of our nominations for Best Original Songs. That was I Want to Get Next to You by Rose Royce from the soundtrack for Car Wash. Our next award uh, will be presented by our own JT White for the honor of Biggest Penis. No, no, that's not me. He's not saying that I have the biggest. Oh well, penis. I'm, I'm, wait, wait, wait. I just wait. Wait a second. Wait a second. I'm Yay, just getting. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. I'm just getting an envelope right now, and I'm opening it. It says that I have the biggest penis. <laughs> Turns out that I've won this award. Um. Yeah. No. It's a lot of sexist award shows. Uh, would highlight female nudity. Um. Not to say that necessarily all of the nominees here have shown their penises on camera some have merely been talked about or assumed but like the oscars you normally at the at an award show you get best penis at the end of the evening (laughs) but like the oscars this year we're doing things a little differently and so the nomination for biggest penis are richard kern from you killed me first uh, Kave Zahadi in I Am a Sex Addict, Terrence Stamp in Tiarima, wow, and R. Crumb from Crumb, and uh, the winner is Richard Kern. This is Richard Kern's first nomination and first win at the Golden Gear Awards. Wow, you killed me first. That's bringing it way back, baby. You don't even see his penis in You Killed Me First. It was from like ancillary research I did (laughs) of my nightmare. And damn, he's really packing one. So I don't know. I mean, you can tell by uh, You Killed Me First, the confidence of that low budget. I was going to say, well, like to make, you know, maybe... To make truly transgressive art, art that kind of, you know, maybe could uh, irk people or something like that, you do have to have a good amount of confidence. And what's a better way to gain confidence than having a naturally large, <laughs> big penis? Speaking of transgressive <laughs> art and having a naturally big penis, here's David Bowie's contribution to the film Cool World, Real Cool World, one of our nominees for Best Original Song. What a song. Malcolm, you have a very intriguing title for an award here, the Iconoclast. The Iconoclast, the Golden Calf Award, parenthesis, Exodus 32. 
Yeah, let me repeat that. The Iconoclast, <laughs> the Golden Calf Award, Exodus 32. Now, you know, I think kind of the spirit of this podcast, right, we got like Godard and Sandler on the cover, right? You know, we want to go against the grain. We want to, you know, we start our own, we see fucking bullshit on TV. It's like, why don't we start our own goddamn award show, you know? And so I like I like characters like that in movie, people who are going against the grain, people who, who are, you know, calling out the BS, you know, when they see it. And so here are the nominations. Antoine Monnier in The Devil Probably. Wendell B. Harris in Chameleon Street. Michael Oliver, a.k.a. The Problem Child from Problem Child. Linda Mance from Out of the Blue. And Bill Duke in Car Wash. Wow. Now the winner is none other than The Problem Child himself, Michael Oliver. Hell yes. This is the first win and the first nomination for Dennis Dugan's Problem Child. Problem Child. Who? Me? Yeah, and, you know, I'm glad we talk we talk about Sandler, Dugan a lot, but, you know, Dugan really proved himself out the gate with Problem Child. I love, that's my favorite aspect about Problem Child is that for some reason he, like, it's all about, like, uh, taking down suburbia and like you know bullshit this is a kid who fucking hates birthdays he's like birthdays are fucking bullshit this is all i'd rather fuck shit up and i you know i don't know i feel like we could all whether you feel that way or not i feel like we all can relate to the problem child and to take things down from the problem child to a more chilled out movie that we talked about welcome to la uh we're, we're gonna hear a little bit of richard baskin's soundtrack the song City of the One Night Stand. To be living in the city of the one night stands Where the night time makes it easy to feel crazy Isn't it so beautiful? And you know, you know what else is beautiful? Something that has come up now and again on the podcast. It's that our hearts bleed. For the youth of America. Absolutely. On extended clip. This is something that it hasn't just made my heart bleed, but has brought tears to my eyes from these young, fresh teenagers who make me bodily wet. You know, whether it's my heart bleeding or my eyes tearing. So here are the nominees for the most young, fresh, wet teenagers of America. Cameron Diaz in Bad Teacher. Adam Sandler in Billy Madison, Bully by Larry Clark, Middle School, The Worst Years of My Life by James Patterson, Project X by Nima Nurizada, and Rita, Sue, and Bob Two by Alan Clark. And the winner of the Golden Gear for the Most Young, Fresh, Wet Teenager is... Adam Sandler in Billy Madison. This is the first win and first nomination for Billy Madison. Shampoo is better. I go on first and clean the hair. Conditioner is better. I leave the hair silky and smooth. Oh, really, fool? Really? Stop looking at me, Swan. Now, you know, congrats to uh, Billy Madison. You know, congrats to him. Now, about the title, uh, (laughs) the Sopping, Fresh Soaking, Wet, Drenched Teen Award. Uh, So the way you're describing it, like, 
there was wetness from the tears because this is true. This part is true. We are <laughs> compassionate for you know youth, you know youth of America, and uh, but but the you know you'd be the one who's wet, right? Because you're crying on yourself. I don't I don't get how the teen <laughs> the teens are dry. The teens dry in this. Let's. I would like to well, he's redact- wet in the pool. To quote <laughs> to the- quote the old lady in the movie. If peeing yourself is cool, then <laughs> call me Miles Davis. <laughs> Can we redact- Adam Sandler gets very wet in this movie. Uh, whether it's in the pool in the beginning or the sprinklers after the party <laughs> or the sopping wet kiss that finishes it off. I mean, this is a hot, wet movie <laughs> true. about the youth of America. Uh, that is true, I guess. But, you know, maybe, maybe we should next year. Next year, maybe we call it the... The dry, <laughs> chaste teen award, or something like that. Something that, a little bit. Let's just get away from the, the drench, you know, the soaking wetness. I think we're gonna keep it sleazy instead, and listen to a little bit of the theme from the New York Ripper by Francesco Damasi, another one of our nominees. back to clean things up a little bit uh jt you you have a title for an award here that'll surely do it best jacking off yes um some people may call me a pervert (laughs) who overly sexualizes many things in this podcast well it's not it seems to be men mostly (laughs) (laughs) who over sexualizes men some may say it's a latent homosexuality that i'm repressing um but i wouldn't <laughs> i don't think you're repressing i think you're letting it fly <laughs> um and like wait, but wait but wait but wait in terms of best jacking off that's sexist to think that it would only be men that jack off because yeah, women, can jack, women off. can jack off too really and we'll I learned see that, that recently yeah with some of our nominees here tonight for best jacking off um now, now i'm interested <laughs> Uh, we have first nominated is the female Stern fan in Private Parts. <laughs> we have next James Ranson as Tate in Ken Park. We have Lee Kang Shang in Viva La Amor. And the Castle Freak in Castle Freak. <laughs> this is this is a, uh, a big lineup. Yeah, it's a big lineup. and uh, A lot of history in this lineup. A lot of history, yeah. I mean, throughout... Um, this night i think we've been doing a lot of respecting our history with teens i mean i'm sure we'll get into loving love at some point i think this is really uh i don't know we're respecting the classics here and respecting ourselves respecting ourselves and that's why the golden gear for best jacking off goes to none other than lee kang shang wow this is lee kang shang's first win and nomination for the golden gear awards for Vive L'Amour. This is Lee Kang Shang's third nomination on the night on the whole. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Oh, I, I didn't catch that, I guess. We Sorry didn't about talk that. about it in the pre show. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, what a beautiful performance by Lee Kang Shang there. Yeah. I mean, to, to get like slightly serious here, I do think in going through uh, awards for this evening, 
like thinking about the movies, it was crazy to think that Viva La Amor, just like two years, or like, yeah, almost two years ago now, was my first sigh. And just like the the way I've gotten to know him and Lee Kang Shang over that time has been fantastic. Me and too. Uh, I don't know, it's great that I was able to discover this art and this jacking off through this podcast. I mean, the the people you mentioned, that's a legendary cavalcade of perverts right there. Le, you, know, uh, you know, I'm sure they're doing plenty of jacking off. <laughs> so it's like for Lee Kang Shane to kind of get that award, I think that's a big deal. I think people should talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> another big person that's getting a lot of a lot of shine tonight is Rose Royce, who put together that soundtrack for Car Wash. Here we're going to hear that title track, Car Wash, the number All one right, song. this song. is JB, back on the cage with a change of pace, with the mother better than the other. Car Wash, what a song. Now, our next award, the fan vote. That's right. That's you. You voted if you listened, and if you didn't vote, shame on you. You threw away this election to the bad guy. It's basically um, the worst thing you could do. Yeah. So there are two fan votes. Here's the first one. The Worst Picture, sponsored by YouTube.com slash channel slash the nerds of lords of hating movies. <laughs> The nominees, and by that I mean out of order, the top five results. The Scary of 61st by Dasha Nekrasova. Grown Ups 2 by Dennis Dugan. Come on now. What, what's going on here? Joker by Todd... Please hold your comments. Joker by Todd Phillips. <laughs> the Kentucky Fried Movie by John Landis. And The Loser, if you will. Okay, okay. I know. You could stop booing. Okay, okay. Oh, God, we just have to announce that he's going to keep booing. It's Joker by Todd Phillips. Are you happy? This is the first golden year for Joker and first nomination. I, 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 you know, I feel like my opinion on the Joker has, like, risen since we reviewed it. I don't think it's, like, a good movie, but for some reason, I just kind of... Two to a two and a half? Yeah, exactly. For some reason, I respect this movie. I, I this movie yeah, deserves... Yeah, for me, it's gone to a, from a one to a one and a half or two, maybe. This movie... It's not the, it's yeah. not the end times. This movie <laughs> isn't good, but it deserves respect. That's, that's, that's my conclusion. I like the effect that it has had. Like, you we're talking about when we're watching the Oscars, Joaquin phoenix winning for joker that's, that's hilarious that's a yeah. good that's a net positive that's thing. good that's two thumbs up from me and i think the joker is a good example of a pervert and malcolm has an award here the pervert of the year now the joker is not on this list is no it? no i mean to get on this list you're gonna have to do things a lot you know more worse than what the joker did and uh you know jt 
pervert of the year jacking off of the year there's some overlap here you know believe it or not oh hell yeah um first of all the castle freak makes a second appearance jonathan fuller as the castle freak and robert crumb as crumb in the movie crumb and ron silver as alan dershowitz in reversal of fortune Then we have none other than the New York Ripper himself. <laughs> and then, of course, shout out to Kavid Zahedi uh, and I Am a Sex Addict. But I think we can predict who the winner is here. It's Ron Silver as Alan Dershowitz in Reversal of Fortune. This is Alan Dershowitz's first win and the end of his partnership with Extended Clips. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, nothing, you know. He's not really doing the things that in the, you know, it's not really seen in the movie, <laughs> the, the dirty things he's done. You might, if, you, if you're not hip to it, maybe give allegedly it a qu- done, allegedly done. He's, he's a very litigious man. So I will say <laughs> allegedly. And uh, yeah, look into that. But yeah, if you were to watch the movie, you would just think he would, uh, he'd be a good uh, fourth option on a championship team, a good solid, uh, <laughs> solid yeah, three you, and D you, guy. Exactly. <laughs> if, if you watch Reversal of Fortune, all you could really think of is, I think that sixth man of the year could be a pretty good lawyer. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that guy who we're putting in for 22 minutes a game, who's picking up, you know, 10 points, a, 10 points a game once in a while, he'll go off, hit a bunch of threes, definitely a good passer and works hard on defense. He could be a lawyer to the stars. Dersh, Dersh in a prison basketball league would be pretty tight. <laughs> yes. Like Dersh would, Dersh would, according Dersh, to this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dersh like is a floor facilitator. Yes. Like he's going to take court it to the vision. rack. He has excellent court vision. He's going to take it to the rack when he's going to get his. Let's not get it wrong. But when it's it, it, organizing the team is first and foremost, whether he's playing basketball or, you know, mouthing off to a bunch of his, you know, young understudies telling, you know, the, the young women of his staff that, you know, they're wrong. And uh, so, yeah, um, but, uh, you know, also a pervert of the year. That was Jimmy, 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 Aya by uh, Boppy Larry. By Boppy Larry from the Disco Dancer soundtrack, duly nominated by both JT and I tonight. The next award is my own. It's the Dr. T Award for Loving Women the Most. And we only have two nominees, actually. Uh, R. Crumb as himself in Crumb. And Richard Gere as Dr. T in Dr. T and the Women. Ooh. I have, I have my thoughts on who's going to win this one, yeah. but please go ahead. Do you care to share them? No. And the winner. <laughs> it, what? Oh, no. Nah. They almost got me with a prank here. It's Richard Gere as Dr. T in Dr. T and the Women. I almost had oh, a La La oh, Land moment. <laughs> oh, my. See, I was I, I thought it was going to be him, but I just didn't want to jinx it. I was real nervous. I was just, but then again, if there's anyone who I should, you know, if there's anyone I should have faith in to go out and get it, it should be Dr. T. This is the second win out of five nominations for Dr. T and the Women. Now... When it comes to loving women, I don't think anyone ever can come close, maybe other than Robert Altman, who kind of channeled himself through this movie. 
uh, than Dr. T. And I think the in our review of Dr. T and the Women, we actually, I, I skimmed through it a little bit. And we talked about it in the context of genre in terms of the romantic comedy and Altman's kind of cynical revision of revisionism of that but I think the more sincere angle of him truly loving women is something we didn't really discuss on the show but something we couldn't even consider yeah it's it's, it's something that through all of that Altman cynicism somehow cuts through and almost two years later it's all we can think about from that movie uh and i think that his pure love of the fairer sex is just something that everyone in our listenership regardless of gender uh should take into account no yeah because i feel like the first thing that i'm kind of attracted to with that movie right is like it's kind of ironic like dr t's pontificating about women you know they can do no wrong and then towards the back end of the movie he gets a you know a couple bricks to the stomach regarding women but i think it's you know it's the trying to figure it all out it's you know love kind of being the the light at the end of the tunnel that dr t follows you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because you know he has this route where you know he thinks he loves women but he's kind of made up this superficial image of them and then by the end when you know he's posing he's got his hands to the sky He's found the true light. He truly loves women in, yeah. a, in a true way. His love is tested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's very easy to love women when they have presented you with no problems in exactly. your life. But when you you get into the weeds, there you have your love tested. I think it only strengthens that love. Keeping it rolling here, Malcolm. Who are the nominees for phoning it in? The Sleepwalker Award here at the Golden Gears. Now I I know it's been real positive here, but you know. I wanted to give some of that Razzie's energy to the to the Golden <laughs> Gears, you know what I mean? I mean, as uh, you know, the Razzies, they love you know fucking razzing on people, and I wanted to do that too. And we've watched we've watched a lot of good movies made with a lot of care, you know, acted with you know a lot of uh, precise acting skills. You know, actors are doing their thing in this, in these movies. No one can deny that. But sometimes an actor will you know kind of slack off, just phone it in, and. It's kind of noticeable, and I'm not even mad at them for it. Sometimes it could be kind of funny to notice just an actor kind of just not giving much effort. I mean, you don't have to give a lot of effort to be good at acting, but I don't know. Some like, And when I say sleepwalking, I'm not even necessarily saying this is a bad performance, but I'm just saying it's a little low energy. So um, we got Michael Caine in Cider House Rules. <laughs> this man's doped up half the movie like a fucking addict and then John Voight in Bratz I'm so glad Bratz made yeah. an appearance Jessica Alba in Love Guru and then Rob Riggle in Middle, middle School Worst Years of My Life <laughs> oh, God. Rob Riggle kind of doing the you know one iteration of himself for the 25th time in that movie <laughs> and I think you know who this award's going to the god, the sleepy god, John Voight <laughs> in oh. Bratz. Well, dear, I mean, uh, everyone knows you're my daughter, and I'm very proud. This is the first win in four nominations for Bratz. <laughs> I believe it. I, I guess if we're counting the fan vote, uh, oh. there's a couple things we've said one nomination. Those should, those should all be three because technically they're nominated for two fan votes. It's just exciting that we get to... This is really showing what movies stick out in our minds. The good, the bad, these throughout the entire podcast have left an impression on us. 
And that Voight performance really. <laughs> I think the movie meets like, him there too because yeah. like even the props, like he has the prop, the running a prison for dummies book, uh, like that he counsels for his, you know, he's he's the principal of the school <laughs> and he counsels that book often and it's just like the the low energy stern authoritarian role is so funny and uh when he's finally grooving out at the end and you get like five yeah. insert shots of him dancing you just know that you didn't waste 90 minutes even if you think it's a bad movie you didn't waste 90 minutes on Bratz oh no i mean Bratz is a fine movie and i'll we'll talk I'll, about another yeah. reason why in a little bit i i think voight's performance i think they had a carrot dangling on a string <laughs> off camera the whole time or something like that it is it really is there really seems to be not much keeping him there so uh but hey paycheck to paycheck you know you got to pay for pills somehow so. i'm just glad none of the brats cast was nominated for that teen award yeah well yeah. kind of shifting gears in that <laughs> regard jt what about your milf of the year award hachi much uh, uh, um i don't know a lot of the the women and wives that we talk about on this podcast, I mean, I think because of a fault of Hollywood, are relegated to the nag or the bitch wife role. And so, what is the most important most important part of being a milf? It's being a good mom. I was gonna say big titties. <laughs> it's no, it's not the, feeding. <laughs> you want to fuck them because they're such good moms. Mm. And Maybe they could. You know, bring some of that to the sexual realm. <laughs> Go on. And so in MILF of the Year, I'm highlighting some of the greatest moms of cinema. And we have, as the nominees, Estelle Getty as Tootie Bomakowski in Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. <laughs> what a throwback. <laughs> Reaching way back. <laughs> Debbie Reynolds as Beatrice Henderson and mother. Shirley MacLaine as Aurora Aurora Greenway in terms of endearment. Ellen Burstyn as Alice Hyatt in Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. And that's a stacked deck of MILFs right there. (laughs) But there can only be one. And uh, I'm going to have to go with Shirley MacLaine as Aurora Greenway in terms of endearment. This is Shirley MacLaine's uh, first nomination, fourth nomination. I'm, ge- I'm getting I'm getting reports that it is not Shirley MacLaine's first nomination, but rather her fourth nomination and first win. This is the, the first Gear. win and nomination for Shirley MacLaine and the fourth nomination for Terms of Endearment okay, on the night. There we go. <laughs> that's I, I guess that's what I needed to say. I, I really enjoy my new co-worker, the Whisper Man. I think we're getting off to a good start here at the right. Awards Factory. I'm just going to say first nomination and first award for all of them. So. I was holding up the letter four. The letter four? I was yeah. holding up the American Sign Language. You don't even make language. sense. You're, you're losing it. You're look, going I was, delusional. I was holding up the American American Sign Language. I just kind of want to whisper now since you two are doing it. <laughs> Eddie's, right, holding up a white, Eddie's holding up a white supremacist symbol with his fingers. <laughs> He's telling me Whoa. to make it too. Whoa. <laughs> he wants me to join the Aryan brother. <laughs> and I'm refusing. No, Eddie. Anytime I get stressed out now, I look at Richard Gere taking that pose and I think, what would Gere do? The Alley-Oop Award for Best Dynamic Duo, presented by Tubi and Pluto, the only two streaming services you'll ever need. 
nice. are Martin Short and Charles Grodin in Clifford, Melanie Mayron and Anita Skinner in Girlfriends, Peter Falk and John Cassavetes in Mikey and Nikki, Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareheim in Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie, Denzel Washington and Chris Pine in Unstoppable, and Clint and Kyle Eastwood in Honky Tonk Man. And the Golden Gear alley-oop for Best Dynamic Duo goes to Martin Short and Charles Grodin in Clifford. Get on up here like a real boy. If you even look at me funny, if you do one thing that I find weird, which is, you know, like your middle name, see, you're doing it right now. Can you just act like a human boy for one minute here? Look at me like a person. You can't do it for more than a few seconds. Look at me like a human boy. I mean, that is, I mean, you know, legitimately just thinking of just like kind of like standard American comedy movies. What a movie that's just made so electric by like short and uh, Grodin's like repertoire. Like mm-hmm. really, really kind of unmatched in that department. This is the first win and first nomination for Clifford. Uh, I mean, we did an episode on, Cl- obviously we've done an episode on all these movies, <laughs> yeah. uh, but Clifford is just one of the most incredible two-handers you'll ever see comedically. Um, the the clip that I always think of, it, it doesn't even do it justice on the pod, but I'll still, I still probably put it because it's Charles Grodin at his most manic yelling and Martin Short just mugging. You know, mm-hmm. it's the look at me like a human boy scene mm-hmm. where it's just pure mugging, easy comedy, two shot, just pure faces and yelling and it's pure cinema malcolm who who who, what is this golden gear for the man around town (laughs) all right so this is kind of i don't know maybe i feel like most award shows wouldn't think like this you know what i mean a lot of award shows they want to reward the individual you know they want to you know achievement oh i worked so hard for this you know uh thanks to my parents you know none of that here and Man around town, being a man around town is all about affability. It's not about you. It's about how you treat others. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I don't know. I I like that. I like this idea. I like this idea of, you know, roaming around your community and making connections with the people within them. And so I have some nominations here. We have Jack Black in the movie Bernie. We have Hubie. Hubie a.k.a. Adam Sandler in the movie Hubie Halloween. We have Adam Sandler in Grown Ups 2. I don't know the character name in that Lenny one. Fader. Lenny Fader. <laughs> <laughs> they should just go with their real names in that yeah. movie, those movies. My only, my only criticism <laughs> of that movie, you fucking ungrateful fans. And um, Damon Packard in Reflections of Evil. And, of course, Richard Gere. In Doctor T and the Woman, I believe it's gear. <laughs> yeah, the Golden Jeers, <laughs> the Golden Jeers Award. I thought we were doing the Golden Jeers Award. Um, and the winner is Richard Gear as Doctor T and Doctor T and the Woman. This is the fourth win in five nominations for Doctor T and the. No, I think this is third, the third, third win, win tonight third in win. five nominations. Thank you for Dr. T and the women. (laughs) 
and he is a man about town. He's almost a man about the state. He's a he's a man about Texas. You I mean, know? he I he mean, feels like his gynecological office. Those stirrups can spread you from the Panhandle all the way to the, <laughs> the dirty South. I mean, we've talked about ta- Doctor T. We've talked about the women. But beyond that, there's a whole cast of characters that he walks and talks with. Andy Richter. The country club folks. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It's called Dr. T and the Woman. You watch it. He's chilling with his boys. (laughs) Yeah. And and, and it's it's crazy. I mean, and it's also even beyond Dr. T's actions, he's got people talking. People are talking about him. Sullivan Travis is the number one gynecologist in Dallas. You know, you hear people say this. So, you know, a lot of the... The upper crust will come to him, you know, to get their uh, their parts inspected. And uh, so, I mean, what's what's what you can't get more around than that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And also his name comes from two other movies about men around town. Uh, he goes by Sully and obviously Sully meets a lot of passengers on his daily flights and Sullivan's travels. That's about a Hollywood elite going around town, meeting hobos and making great art out of it. <laughs> making great connections, doing a lot of networking and Sullivan's travels. Yes. <laughs> what, what a pick there. Uh, <laughs> I think we're gonna have to play out here to a uh, one of our one of our nominees for best original song. You know, a lot of people say some of the original rappers were Bob Dylan or Shakespeare, but I actually think it was uh, Jerry Blaine here for "I Was a Teenage Werewolf" in the song "Eeny Meeny Miny Moe." Eeny I want a gal with a lot of dough When I find her, we're gonna swing Up to the preacher with a wedding ring Tell me where she is, cause I don't know So eeny, meeny, miny, moe I've been looking all over town But so far she ain't been around Someday I'll meet her and then I'll say Shoot, better be, baby, we're on our way Hurry up now and follow me, but don't forget to bring your do-re-me. Now, rappers these days don't rap like they used to. <laughs> I mean, I'll just say that. There's no talent or craft compared to what they used to make back in the 50s. The, 50s rappers are by far superior to <laughs> And the other. lyrics meant something. The lyrics too. meant something. <laughs> they weren't trash. And they weren't lies, and they encouraged good behavior. Yeah, take these now, these days swag raps about oh. how much money you have versus the brutal honesty of wanting a girl with a lot of dough. That's true. This next award's distinction from the Dr. T Award for the Man Who Loves Women is simple. Uh, the pimp of the year, the golden gear for the pimp of the year, is the character who got down and dirty. He dicked down the mise-en-scene and the characters alike. The pimp of the year nominees are Terrence Stamp as Freddie Clegg in The Collector, Robert De Niro as Dick Kelly in Dirty Grandpa, Christian Bale as Rick in The Night of Cups, Charles Chaplin as Henri Verdu in Monsieur Verdu, and Terence Stamp as The Visitor in Teorema. And the extended clip Golden Gear Pimp of the Year brought to you by Dr. T and the Women goes to Terence Stamp. 
as the visitor in Teorima. This is the first golden year for Terrence Stamp out of four nominations for Teorima. He obviously is just like, you know, forward thrusting ideology into characters. Uh, Pasolini uses him as an ideological and physical vessel in this movie. Uh, like no one. There's really no other actor that can pull this off. Maybe throw Richard here and there. Yeah. <laughs> oh Dr. my T the, god. Dr. T and the woman's kind of similar in a way <laughs> if you think about it. He's kind of, the, you know, his problems are kind of like the Terrence Stamp showing yeah. up. But Richard Gere doesn't go as far as Terrence Stamp. You know, Richard Gere's not checking out any boy parts. I mean, also, he's I mean, he's, he's got a job as a gynecologist. you got to keep it somewhat professional. Yeah, that's true. respectful. Well, that's true. Dr. T, as much as we want to examine the bourgeois veneer there, Teorema is much more about breaking down the barriers of class and uh, the, the means of production with the factory being given away by the, the father character. And I think that uh, Terrence Stamp's uh, sexuality, his raw prowess, is uh, uh, what's what's to thank for that and for the whole movie. So give it up for Terrence Stamp. Changing the world, you know, one fuck at a time. Exactly. And we will be played out, of course, or we are being played out by uh, the, the beautiful score for Teorima, which is nominated this one here, Beat Number 3 by Enya Morricone. But... But, but you can only, you know, play your rock records one at a time for so long before you get bored out of your gourd. We all know that the most important pillar of hip-hop is turntablism. This is the DJ Shadow Award for the best cinephilic <laughs> DJ. So, I'll, I'll, I'll save my comments, actually. <laughs> the nominees for the DJ Shadow Award are... The B-Boy and Scratching Contest in the Club in Clockstoppers. Jean-Luc Godard in First Name Carmen. The Deaf Kid in Bratz. Shaq in Hubie Halloween. DJ Jesse Marco in Project X. And Zac Efron as Cole Carter in We Are Your Friends. And the golden gear for the DJ Shadow DJ of the year goes to the Deaf Kid in Bratz. Oh, I don't where you're going. Are you blind? Hello? No, but I'm deaf. What? I'm deaf. You don't sound deaf. Well, you don't look ignorant, but I guess you can't judge a book, right? And as we hear that beautiful clip, the the raw emotion of his performance and the adversity he has to deal with, which is, of course, taken out through his learning about hip-hop music by feeling speakers, uh, much like The Sound of Metal, kind of a timely choice. This is the first golden gear for the Deaf Kid and Bratz and the four, fourth... No Fourth or fifth nomination for Bratz. I mean, <laughs> Zach Efron and We Are Your Friends, an amazing, amazing DJ. And yeah. we, no, no disrespect to him. He was robbed. He was. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Eddie only gave it to this kid because he's fucking deaf. Yeah. Um, also, also, but I, I, I love this Eddie. I love this nomination because it just you pulled up some like the the scratching scene in Clockstoppers. I feel like this is a great collection of all. I mean. 
just shows the variety of films we got going on here. A lot of a lot of DJs in the mix. Thank you for recognizing it. You know, it's always been, you know, it was like the second episode of the show that we talked about, Clockstoppers, and I really thought that with that base of turntablism that we would cover all of the pillars of hip-hop. <laughs> I don't think we really have, but I think turntablism is kind of uh, the wheelhouse we can comfortably stick in. <laughs> Definitely. We're all DJs, too. We all do DJ work if you want to hire us. Speaking of DJs, the best DJ, mo- the best movie DJ ever is John Carpenter. So he's gonna play us out a little with his theme, his nominated theme from *In the Mouth of Madness*. Shared awards. We still oh, have some solo awards to go, but we're introducing the first major award that all three of us have our own nominations and our own entries for. So, it's best performance. Let, let's let's do it up. Uh, Malcolm, you ready for your nominations? Yes, and here they are. We have Adam Sandler in Spanglish, Hayden Christensen in Attack of the Clones. Steven Seagal in On Deadly Ground, Ooh. and Tom Green in Freddy Got Fingered. Wow, powerful nominations. For my end of things, we have Charlie Chaplin in uh, Monsieur Verdu, Carice Van Houten in Black Book, mm. Laura Dern in Inland Empire, and Joel McRae in Stars in My Crown. Those are good. Those are really good ones, actually. <laughs> I, I almost put Joel McRae on mine, but you'll see my list of nominations is way too long already. <clears throat> Ellen Burstyn as Alice Hyatt and Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Tippi Hedren as Melanie Daniels in The Birds. Charles Chaplin as The Little Tramp in City Lights. Lee Kang Shang as Kang in Days. Denzel Washington as Doug Carlin in Deja Vu, Adam Sandler as Lenny Fader in Grown Ups 2, Laura Dern as Nikki Grace and Susan Blue in Inland Empire, Adam Sandler as both Jack and Jill in Jack and Jill, Charles Chaplin as Henri Verdu in Monsieur Verdu, Albert Brooks as Albert Brooks in Real Life, and Spencer Stone as Spencer Stone in the 1517 to Paris. Oh, Malcolm, you want you want to list your winner first? Yeah, it goes to Tom Green. Freddie got fingered. My baby is coming. My baby is coming. Call the doctor, you fucking asshole! Oh, it's okay. I'm a doctor. No, no, give me a real doctor. Give me a real doctor. I'm a real doctor. Get away from me! Wow. And and I feel like you know my argument is that. It's it's his movie completely. Mm-hmm. Throughout Tom Green is the fucking engine of that movie. You know, anywhere he's going, anywhere you know, he's following his nose like a dog. You know, he's he's going off pure instinct here, and uh, 
I don't know. It's a. Uh, I don't think any. I don't think a movie like that is going to be made again. <laughs> yeah. Also, too. So it's like I don't know something very special about Freddy Got fin- Fingered and the type of the very singular type of energy that Tom Green uh, brings to it still uh, still amazes me every time. Yeah, and it's like as a director too, he he's doing you know things that are accompanying his performance formally, stylistically mm-hmm. that help the movie be what it is, but like. He is a comedy performer. This is performance as the authorship of the movie, kind of, and you you don't get much more of a performance than Tom Green and Freddie Got Fingered. This is the first win in four nominations for Freddie Got Fingered. JT. My win is also one for an actor-director, and that's Chaplin Ooh. as Verdue. Upon leaving this spark of earthly existence, I have this to say. I shall see you all very soon. Very soon. This is Charlie Chaplin's seventh nomination and first win. Tonight, yeah. Tonight at the Golden Gears. Wow. I mean, Eddie, you have uh, Chaplin as the tramp also included in your nominations, and that's iconic. We love Chaplin as the little tramp. Uh but he goes off in Verdue and delivers such like a funny performance, but one that's like very heartfelt as well. And just it's interesting to see. I mean, my experiences with Chaplin are, I would say, more limited than yours. But to see him play like such an intricate character like this mm-hmm. um that's so different th- than his earlier work and to add the layer of the vocal performance it, yeah it's as simple as that you know he uses his voice as an instrument to its highest capacity his first time out it's so remarkable how he's able to do that and then you kind of have the classic silent style uh gags that happen maybe once or twice in the movie and it's it's a little slower, but it's still so perfect, and it's it's one of my favorite performances of all time. Yeah, mm-hmm. my performance is also by Charles Chaplin as the Little Tramp wow. in City Lights. This is the second Golden Gear for Charles Chaplin out of seven nominations. City Lights is just the most emotional movie ever made, and it's nothing without the smile of the tramp at the end. I don't even want to talk about it too much because I don't want to cry in front of you guys again, but like it, it, there's something about the vulnerability of the role and the humor mixed in, like the the brutality of him just getting beat up in the boxing match and also the constant humor of the boxing match is perfectly definitive of the tramp as well as him walking the blind girl home and then peeping on her after he walks her home uh, while she's like, you know, in her room uh, longing for him. And then he gets caught peeping and knocks the barrel over and, you know, and knocking down the guy who catches him peeping. And I feel like the whole range of emotions are 
perfectly captured by him as a director, but on the other end of it as a performer, it's one of those things that, you know, nothing short of perfection will make the emotions sing the way that they do in City Lights. You know, and it's it's funny, you know, Verdue got a got a win tonight. Freddie got fingered. We that's that. a double we, feature. That's a double feature. That's an episode. And I mm-hmm. think I our, maybe our thought processes are, are so similar. It's like both of Freddie Got Fingered and pretty much any Chaplin movie where he's the lead. It's like the the amount of weight that is put upon the shoulders of everyone, and especially not everyone, like these specific performers and how they pull it off in like uh, ways that you couldn't even expect. I mean, it's it's something. Those are the real home runs of cinema. But I've still got my guitar. I've got a plan Throw your arms Round this honky-tonk man Throw your arms Round this honky-tonk man And we'll get through this night The best way we can It's the best old painkiller Since hurting began I think all of us have that among our favorites. Honky Tonk Man from Honky Tonk Man by Clint Eastwood. The song by Marty Robbins. Just gorgeous. JT, why don't you give us our cute little last individual award. The best animal performance of the year. (laughs) Well, some of these animals aren't that cute. They're a little nasty. But, I don't know. We highlight a lot of humans of course a lot of work is being done by humans in the movies and <laughs> no one i can deny this <laughs> the oscars they are, have a bit of a bias yeah exactly and uh i wanted to level that out um with what i thought were some spectacular animal performances um from our first uh hundred some episodes of extended clip so the nominees for best animal performance are the orangutan in Link, Verdell the dog in As Good As It Gets, the white dog in White Dog, and Brian the dog in Family Guy Presents Stewie Griffin the wow. Untold Story. I know who I'm rooting for. It's a heavy <laughs> roster. Um, Come here, boy. Let's get that win. <laughs> and the golden gear for best animal performance is the white dog in White Dog. Wow. Now that, the, that dog saw some shit. Exactly. And it's like, you, I mean, you really don't know the weight of the performance until, like, I met the white dog. He's so nice. He's like the <laughs> sweetest guy in real life. He couldn't be, like, not a racist bone in that dog's body. And just, like, to see him turn that switch... I mean, it it was a little weird of him to go method that entire movie. <laughs> yeah. I think that's. Um, I don't want to talk about that. This but is, <laughs> this is the first win for the white dog, uh, in the Golden Gears and first nomination too. Um, yeah, but white dog. I don't know. Sam Fuller rules that. Yeah. Honestly, I I we should do another Fuller at some point. Yeah. And speaking of fucking animals, here's the theme from Rita Sue and Bob two by Michael Kamen. (laughs) 
Sam Fuller, too. One of the Absolutely. craziest directors. The, the only, the first word I always think of is punchy, and not in the drunk way, in the way that his films feel like a guy who's always punching you. Yeah. Like, you know those guys who are like, come on, man, let's go, and he's always That's punching me, you. Dude. That's you. Yeah. <laughs> That's you. And I, I get scared sometimes. Yeah. We have a recording of Malcolm... <laughs> friendly jabbing me and me getting very scared (laughs) (laughs) or no it's not even that it's that you raised your arm and i thought you were gonna hit me (laughs) uh yeah for anyone listening i'm a fucking physical force to be reckoned with in real life and uh just know that i guess before making any comments fan vote uh the second fan vote thank you so much to the fans i can't say i can't believe i said fans and not listeners there but you know if you made it this far into the podcast right hey hey there's nothing wrong with being a fan Uh, oh god audio (laughs) mugging is hard i was making a i was making a big face while i was talking like that that. it is true that 20 percent of this podcast is there's the mugging is yeah do we need to get the multicam set up with the switcher (laughs) (laughs) no uh uh, this is not a comedy podcast um the fan vote for the listener vote for best picture the nominees mikey and nikki by elaine may Dr. T and the Women by Robert Altman. Freddie Got Fingered by Tom Green. Eyes Wide Shut by Stanley Kubrick. Sully by Clint Eastwood. And Inland Empire by David Lynch. These are just the top six. I put six instead of five because there was a tie at the bottom. Top six out of order. And the winner from the listeners for Best Picture is... Oh, these envelopes, man. They're always so hard to open. Uh, let's you open know. this one together. Yeah, um, <laughs> all right. We it got is. it open. It's Dr. T, T and, and the, the women. women. It's the I Dr. can't T and believe the it. Get on down here. This is the fifth win in seven nominations for Dr. T and the women. I mean, it's, it's no one. if no one's going to address it, I will. Dr. T and the women is sweeping this award. Yes. It's unprecedented. Actually, no, I think, yeah, this was, I think right now Dr. T is four for five so far at this award ceremony so it's like parasite last year people people are in the dock hive people are in, yeah people are just in, in full-fledged doc dr t mindset i'm so glad that the listeners are on board with this mindset yeah uh so the runners up were strong dude mikey and nikki mm-hmm. freddie got fingered sully eyes wide shut inland empire that's a killer lineup no really those are all great movies that i rank you know very highly probably towards the top end of the movies we've done on here. pretty much all of them are fives for me Herman or Herman? It's Bernard Herman. Herman. Yeah, he's not French. He's American. Yeah. Speaking of those songs, why don't we give the award, uh, or at least our own awards? So we've heard all the nominees so far, uh, but just as a quick rundown, let's see, what did we have? 
Car Wash by Rose Royce from Car Wash. I'm Going Down by Rose Royce from Car Wash. I Want to Get Next to You by Rose Royce for Car Wash. And those were all separate nominations from the three of us. Uh, And now my nominations were otherwise uh, Jimmy, 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 Ayat by Boppy Laurie for Disco Dancer. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe by Jerry Blaine for I Was a Teenage Werewolf. In the Mouth of Madness by John Carpenter for In the Mouth of Madness. Honky Tonk Man by Marty Robbins and Clint Eastwood for Honky Tonk Man. Beat number three by Ennio Morricone for... Teorima and New York One More Day by Francisco Damasi for The New York Ripper. My nominations were Honky Tonk Man, which Eddie also previously listed, City of One Night Stands from Welcome to L.A., uh, composed by Richard Baskin, sung by Richard Baskin, also sung by, uh, was it David, not David. David Arquette? David Arquette. David Carradine. David Carradine. David Carradine. (laughs) In uh, the movie, the quite Rudolph nicely. heads were screaming yeah. for half a second there. How can you not get our muse? Uh, the shower theme from Dress to Kill, and you know what? This is all, the shows when we made the Golden Jeers Award. We all wanted to, you know, break break caution lines. We wanted to knock over stop signs, right? So I'm going to sneak in another nomination okay. for the more than words sequence from the Love Guru. Something. That uh, sticks with me no matter how no matter what how you feel about the movie, you gotta admit what a pleasant scene. Yeah, the songs can be good if the movie's bad. That's okay. Yeah. And it's also stayed with us. Like Malcolm has mentioned the more than words scene so much over the course of this podcast. Like once at least a few months after, and then more recently when you talked about a YouTuber self inserting into it. Uh, you know, it, it's a scene that stays with us it's, in a movie that otherwise doesn't. And you know what? You know, the fan editing himself into the thing. I mean, I think it just speaks to the I want to be there, too. The, <laughs> the the vibes, the energy that, you know, Myers is putting out. You know, there's kind of this you know, a lot of goofy racial humor that's kind of unsettling now. Maybe back in 08, it was a little bit more palatable. Not for me ever, but maybe for <laughs> the general public. And. But, you know, he kind of reaches beyond that and just kind of just pure, you know, acoustic strumming, just kind of a it's almost like a serenade of sorts. It's a it's really it's really remarkable. JT, what are your nominations? My nominations are Car Wash, uh, Rose Royce Car Wash, Real Cool World, David Bowie, Cool World, Rita Sue and Bob Two Theme by Michael Kamen from Rita Sue and Bob Two, Jimmy, 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 Aja by uh, Boppy Larry from Disco Dancer, and then the Honky Tonk Man, uh, Marty Robbins' Honky Tonk Man. And the winners are JT. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy by Boppy Larry. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Wow. Malcolm. More than words. Wow. <laughs> Saying I love you is not the vibes I want to hear from you. It's not that I want you not to say, but if you only knew. And mine is I Want to Get Next to You by Rose Royce from Car Wash. She's like coffee. But I think that the real winner, Mm -hmm. because 
of that. We had a couple overlaps there, whether it was the work of Bopulary or Rose Royce. But the one that was on all three of our ballots was Honky Tonk Man by Clint Eastwood and Marty Robbins. And I think if it doesn't get the golden gear... Let's throw him an honorary golden gear. Why not? It gets the the three-headed gear for all three of us thinking alike, you know? He gets a Dr. T and three women award. Exactly. (laughs) You know, uh, he gets to choose which three of the women uh, he gets engraved. And by he... Because I mean Marty Rob, <laughs> we'll send someone who's about to die uh, the, the instructions to send to Marty Robbins in the afterlife, and then we'll find some sort of medium. Damn, that's I think that's the way to do it. You know, he is dead, right? Yeah, yeah he's okay. dead. Okay. Um, I mean, with Honky Talk Man too, it's like the that song delivers, right? You know what I mean? Like it's a song that's kind of built up we kind of hear it perform and then it, it, in its you know most climactic scene it's kind of the central piece of it yeah and it's i mean it, it fucking it rocks yeah for a song that's not over the opening titles in the beginning it's about as good of a theme song as you can get it's mm-hmm. like the climax of the action and mm-hmm. it's it's so emotional and it's also just such a beautiful song and mm-hmm. um seeing yeah. that the scene where you see him ride it on the road too it's just <sighs> Just one of the most simple and breezy pleasant. road trip scenes yeah, ever. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like the joys of collaboration too. All yeah. that, all that is there. Absolutely. Well, there's only one award left now that we've gotten all the songs out of the yeah. way. Is it the like Gerbil Award or whatever? <laughs> Gerbil. 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 Uh-huh. Gerbil. Gerbil. Richard Gear was famous for shoving a thousand no. little. You gotta uh, shove the golden gear up your ass. It's yeah. <laughs> no Gerbil. Yeah, I was gonna say he shoved <laughs> Gerbils up his ass. <laughs> little Nazis, little Gerbils, <laughs> the golden Gerbil. All right, all right. Let's rein it in here. I think Richard gerbil, would not yeah. like that. <laughs> Richard wouldn't even like the gerbil talk. He is a Buddhist. His sins are behind him. He is about Zen now. What's, well, hey, what's sinful about that? I guess. There's, <laughs> well, I think bestiality. You can't get consent from a gerbil. I mean, but have you seen those nature documentaries? It's not like it's not like consent in nature. My gerbil teacher. Let's bring it to the animal realm here. here. All right, yeah, sorry. I'm just staring at Richard Jeer making. Now you got me saying it like that. Richard Jeer and all the gerbils he's got up. Richard Gear striking the pose, and I have to keep my cool like he does. Blessed and confused. My nominees for Best Picture The Birds by Alfred Hitchcock, City Lights by Charles Chaplin, The Devil Probably by Robert Bresson. Modern Romance by Albert Brooks, Monsieur Verdu by Charles Chaplin, Spanglish by James L. Brooks, and Stray Dogs by Sai Ming Lang. Yeah, my best picture nominations are The Long Gray Line by John Ford, Ooh. Reflections of Evil by Damon Packard, uh, Solo by Pasolini, and Stray Dogs by Sai Ming Lang. My nominations for best picture are The Devil Probably, Inland Empire, Freddy Got Fingered, and Solo or The 120 Days of Sodom. Wow. 
the way you read the full title on that makes me think you're already uh, opening the envelope. What's your best picture, Malcolm? Oh, wow. Is this, well, you want to put money on that? No. Okay. <laughs> huh? Yeah? Uh, <laughs> I'm taking off my glasses and I'm like bringing them down to the brim of my nose and looking at it like, huh? Yeah? Uh, it is The Devil Probably by Ooh. old Robert Bresson, a movie that I can't escape. Yeah, that movie, I mean, it's my the poster is my avatar for a reason. I don't mm-hmm. just think it looks cool. It's one of the only... It, it's really, really depressing to say, but it's one of the most relatable movies ever. It's a movie that really shaped the way uh, that movies themselves think uh, in terms of my perception of movies. That, that was mm-hmm. one where it was like, okay, let me think about what Brisson's got on his mind here outside of his form becoming ever so slightly more and more decrepit, robotic, and detached. Yeah. And uh, it's a fucking depressing movie, but it's a good reminder of reality as well. Mm-hmm. And it's also just... What an aesthetic feat! Yeah, I mean, it's it's so. I showed this to a friend uh, a while back, and like they're really taken aback by it. And I was, I I guess I was too, because I I'd always felt this aspect, but I, I guess I really realized just how like, of course, that movie, the character himself is kind of an anti guy, anti everything, but that movie just really like <laughs> doesn't do any of the things that movies do mm-hmm. at all, and uh, and it, that you know kind of uh dichotomy like just uh wrestles in my head and yeah i don't know like his 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 control of form here bresson it's it's a goddamn fucking stranglehold and uh, i i love it love the movie yeah definitely an early like i don't know going through all these movies has been so fun because well i mean not this devil probably certainly isn't as many things but fun is not one of them but it's nice to reflect upon th- this early banger from the podcast. And I, I guess also the first movie I chose with the double feature. This is the first win in five nominations tonight for The Devil, probably. I'm going to fact check you on that. I don't think that's true. Uh, I, I just... I, yeah, you're right. I I'm just wrong. don't think You're right. You're true. right. I'm wrong because it was Crackers. <laughs> crackers was actually... Yeah. Oh, what Crack, a great Crackers choice. and Problem Child were actually the first <laughs> double feature. Well, Problem Child was great. Yeah, that, that was a fun episode still. Uh, but, uh, the, the one where we ordered a pizza on the air. Yeah. Yeah. Crackers... My, my Every pos- podcaster's <laughs> first mistake, ordering a pizza <laughs> on the air. Crackers might be one of the worst movies we've uh, watched. I pod, voted so, that yeah. for worst movie. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, my best picture is City Lights by Charles Chaplin. What? Yeah. <laughs> this is the, the, the third win for Charles Chaplin out of uh, seven nominations Thank tonight you. at the Golden Gears. <laughs> it seems like the other guys working this job are getting <laughs> drunk. We've yeah. heard there are a lot of movies that we didn't really prepare about yeah. doing this, the, the whispering thing, all yeah. that well in you're advance. You're not even <laughs> whispering, you're just <laughs> doing the... talking lower now. Come on. City Lights by Charles Chaplin. <laughs> what can you even fucking say? It's the most emotional movie I've ever seen in my life. Every time I see it, it makes me a mess. But when I try to analyze it, it just brings me back to how the things that he's doing stylistically, formally, uh, how those things feed into the emotional manipulation if you want to call it that and and that that chaos of emotion and the score 
overwhelming you at the end and the fact that everyone's making talkies and musicals at this point and Chaplin's like okay I'll use a soundtrack but like I'm not gonna do a talk I'm like I'm still gonna be the <laughs> tramp and I'll just like get these music cues to be so fucking perfect it's like it, it it's an anachronistic silent film but I think that's perfect because it's much like in uh, Japan, they didn't really start making silent films until a few years after America did. But the the I guess the early early thirties silent Japanese films do feel like you're just keep you keep taking steps forward in silent cinema. And I think Chaplin, while on the surface City Lights doesn't seem like the craziest expressionistic stylistic film or whatever, uh, he he really figured out what he was doing with telling an emotional story uh with the silent format and with soundtracks i guess on this one to a t and i i really just can't get enough about or i can't say enough rather about how perfect it is or whatever uh the one thing i guess i'll say since i've noted a couple favorite parts of the movie already on this podcast is uh the the job he gets that introduces him to the boxing match because it's painted on an advertisement behind him when he gets fired but this first job he picks up to pay for the blind girl surgery is uh at, at, at what i referred to earlier as the wheelbarrow pushing factory which <laughs> i believe is just a trash collecting job but it feels like it's much more focused on the wheelbarrow pushing that also involves an elephant walking down the street for whatever fucking reason don't know what it means one of my favorite scenes in the movie come on down here and get your award you little tramp <laughs> jt what's your best picture it's the long gray line by john ford um, wow this is the first win for john ford but he's actually all of our favorite directors and should have won all of the awards <laughs> it's uh i mean we have so many like powerful voices uh represented here tonight a lot of big faves and ford is definitely i, I don't know you said it my my favorite director and I think this is my favorite Ford so far because I I mean while not a western it sums up like a lot of my favorite qualities and styles of film that he does like his the his Irish uh folktale stuff is there with the fact that um uh Tyrone Powers uh Marty Mayer is like obviously an Irish guy and very connected to a, uh his homeland it has like an opening that is weirdly comic and just chill. I love that quality when Ford is doing comedy. It's not like over the like, I don't know. It's not insanely funny, but it's just a weird sort of silly quality from like a, a particularly serious man. That's just so light and playful every time he does it. And he generally will do some pretty big gags and stunts. And the path of the film isn't one that's like overly narrative because you're just sort of following his life. And it's like, I don't know, an kind of the ultimate like hangout in that sense because you're just chilling with a man throughout his entire life. And like with a lot of other Fords, it's wrestling between him as an individual and the institutions that he becomes a part of and gets sucked into and it's a really beautiful bitter a bittersweet struggle there because mm -hmm. it's like 
I think his military career has given him a lot in his life and sort of allowed him to have this like type of status and like strong relationship with students that he teaches. But also that ending is so like heartbreaking when he sees the ghosts of his father and his wife and uh, bells ringing against yeah. the military tones. It's just, I don't know, uh, an insanely powerful Ford that, like, all of his best movies and even some of the, the mid-tier, or, I don't know, there's there's not a yeah, bad... mid-Ford is still a It's still a masterpiece, half, but, it, yeah. like, they cover the whole gamut of uh, emotions. And, uh, I don't know, he's just such a master. Yeah, I mean, that end is, like exemplary of yeah i think it's jean-marie strobe said about him like uh you know ford is more brecht than brecht or whatever <laughs> or more brechtian than brecht uh that ending the dissonance of those bells while the military ceremony is happening and he's seeing the ghosts of his dead family members alongside the living people who were there waiting for him and he's like, trying to step forward out of place basically and uh that being the ending of a rousing movie that starts as an like the first 45 minutes or so are pure slapstick military comedy and it's it's such a beautiful like epic poem of america by john ford like so many of his great movies are no yeah i mean i, I like the ending is so exemplary of like kind of this this conflict like you know uh it's very complicated this military lot you've seen a lot of people you know die and whatnot but it's also like you said it's given your life so much meaning status and also this is just you military life is what you know it's what you've done for so many years and it is you know what i mean it, of course you know you could come to conclusions of this stuff is bad this stuff is you know whatever but i think that's what makes ford so great he could really tap into the american consciousness and like mm-hmm. display the the complexities and kind of the confusion and you know all of the you know the beauty and the you know the sadness that comes from that absolutely and i mean i feel like ford is like one of the most perfect analogs for our other favorite of being eastwood like mm-hmm. just they say so much about uh american culture and also do that with uh, such beautiful humanism that i think like uh so few other directors have you know, of the icons of the podcast, I do think Jean-Luc Godard may have gotten the shaft on this episode. True, huh? Yeah. Um, the only nomination in our special awards were for Best DJ for him and Prenom Carmen yeah. for his boombox scenes over the shoulder and also blaring Tom Waits through the soundtrack and making me like the music of Tom Waits. Is <laughs> only the finest DJ of all time can get <laughs> me to truly enjoy, even be emotional over the music of tom waits uh so it has to, he has to be shouted out here but you know godard never wins awards when yeah. you look up pictures of godard holding a trophy which i did to do some artwork for uh the promo for this app you, you can't find there, there's the one where he gave one to eastwood and they're both holding honorary trophies yeah. and uh, honorary awards are all he ever gets and he never shows up for them <laughs> so <laughs> i guess this whole ceremony is an honorary godard award uh because i'm sure he would have liked dr t and the women just like who we just heard from john marie <laughs> strobe who loves dr t and the women and you know this is the Dr. T and well, it's not the Dr. T and the woman awards, but in a way it is. It's the golden, golden gears. gears. It's the golden gears. 
So maybe, you know, instead of in memoriam, we don't need to focus on the dead. They're gone. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Let's remember the people who gave Dr. T his flowers <laughs> while he was still here. Because Richard Gere, actually, we will remember him because yeah. he has passed. But um, <laughs> Rest in peace. Rest in peace. I can't believe the Oscars didn't fucking show yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> Monty Hellman and Richard Gere both died in the last week and you don't show him any fucking... You don't show either of them any fucking respect? I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's completely disrespectful. And that's why you got to find people like Jean-Marie Strobe. Or, you know, Armand White, people, or even people within the system, Roger Ebert, people who championed (laughs) Dr. T and the woman, you know what I mean? Maybe Ebert was, you know, the inside man, as Spike Lee would say. But, uh, (laughs) but, uh, I mean, thank you to all the critics, all the film fans, more importantly, all the film fans who watched Dr. T and the woman, bought it on VHS, DVD, bought posters, bought tickets when it came out. Just thank you for supporting the movie. I think that's all we really that's have perfect. to say. Thank yeah. you for supporting the movies in general, but especially Dr. T and the Women. We will see you on Thursday for the regularly scheduled, or sorry, we will see you on Friday for the regularly scheduled extended clip. Goodbye. Get the Lyle Lovett soundtrack to the film Dr. T and the Women. Featuring 13 new Lyle Lovett original instrumentals. Available now from Curb MCA Records. Something.